Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were friends in real life. I think I did know that. I think they actually just called each other by their uh, initials. Ah, J.R.R. Ah, ah, C.S. <laughs> ah, C.S. Hi there. And we're back! <laughs> I'm, to, <laughs> I'm maxed out that level. <laughs> Welcome to another Drunk Nerd Presents, Topher and the Nerd. Your favorite non-inebriated nerd blast. <laughs> Non-what? Non-inebriated nerd blast. <laughs> As he opens a beer. Where we give a brief description of nerdy things you might want to check out. I'll give a recommendation, and then Topher will give a recommendation, and mine is going to be the Dresden Files. You're licking your fingers. You're so anticipating oh, this. Oh, I'm so anticipating it. <laughs> the Dresden Files is an urban fantasy series written by Jim Butcher. Telford, do you know what an urban fantasy is? I'm assuming it's a fantasy set in an urban setting. Wow, that's pretty close. Urban <laughs> fantasy is a subgenre of contemporary fantasy, which is mixing magic and fantasy elements in the modern world. And urban fantasy is just set in large cities such as New York or Chicago. Chicago is where the Dresden Files largely takes place. Uh, it's actually pronounced Chicago. Oh, the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> uh, it's actually interesting because epic or high fantasy is like that Tolkien-esque kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, separate fantasy world. And then C.S. Lewis is actually one of the f- earliest examples of like contemporary fantasy. Because Narnia took place in a separate world, but there are elements that mixed over into... I think it was the magician's nephew when spoilers for the chronicles of narnia which came out over 60 years ago the jade empress uh came into the real world so that's mm-hmm. like kind of where that contemporary fantasy uh begins so tolkien and lewis some would argue the contemporary fantasy started with the bible anyway continue about the dresden files uh i just did a little quick fact did you know that J.R.R. tolkien and C.S. Lewis were friends in real life. I think I did know that. It's I fun. think they actually just called each other by their uh, initials. Ah, J.R.R. Ah, ah C.S. C.S. <laughs> ah, C.S. Actually, C.S. Lewis went by Jack. Hmm, that doesn't make any sense. I know. Uh, but back to Dresden Files. Uh, it's about it. <laughs> by C.S. Lewis. <laughs> uh, it's about a wizard private investigator dealing with murder, monster, and mayhem with creatures from an assortment of mythologies. Vampires, werewolves, ghouls, and in some cases, demon gorillas throwing flaming piles of poo. Flaming piles. Flaming of poo. piles of poo. Flaming piles. Yes, my favorite. Uh, my favorite thing besides all the magical tomfoolery in the Dresden Files is the sheer amount of nerdy references our main character Harry Dresden uh, makes from Star Wars, like Lord of the Rings, Monty Python, Princess Bride, and so much more. It's like. I think I really connect with him because he's a nerd, just like me, <laughs> the nerd. Um, there's a whole slew of different types of characters. Uh, there's Karen Murphy, our no-nonsense Chicago detective who is slowly becomes a believer in all this magical whatnot. Susan Rodriguez, our intrepid reporter who believes in the occult and gets herself into trouble. Ebenezer McCoy, our gr- grumpy mentor from the Ozarks of Scotland. River Shoulders, a magic-using Bigfoot. Uh, and Michael Carpenter, just a good man and knight who wields a sword with one of the nails from the cross. Uh, it's just, it's it's such a, com- it's compelling. Um, 
He's the only wizard in the phone book, as he likes to say. He doesn't do parties or magic tricks. Ah. Why do I no want to hire him, then? Uh, but it's one of my favorite book series. It's about 17 books long. Oh, is that it? I know. A nice, it's, it's, a nice, nice easy, easy snip. Just mm, yeah. a little Once, num, once num. you get started, you know, you, you, you get into it. You get into it. I really enjoy it. <laughs> and then you get halfway through and you're not into it, and then you know it, it pulls you back in. Uh, no, I just went through the whole thing into it. There Psychopath. Was no, it was good enough for me. Did you Did you then, um, I don't know, I can't even think of anything. You're in a basement. Try, to, tried to find a your joke on the, mother. Yeah, tried to find a joke along the way. I found nothing except embarrassment. Yeah, well, my you're used to living with that. Well, I'm going to tell you mostly. about what I'm living with right now, though. Yeah? Is Dvorak, Symphony Number no. 4, the New World Symphony. That's my recommendation. One more time for me. Dvorak, Antonin Dvorak, the composer. A Russian composer, since Russia's in the news right now. That is very true. Huh? <laughs> and his fourth symphony, also known as the New World Symphony, because he may have started off life as a Russian, but he thought better of it and became an American by the time he died. Not necessarily the wisest decision, but... <laughs> so his name is... Antonin Dvorak. Say that five times fast, please. Antonin Dvorak, Antonin Dvorak, Antonin Dvorak, Antonin Dvorak, Antonin Dvorak, Antonin Dvorak. I like it. What's his middle name? <laughs> I don't know. Ridiculous. <laughs> what if he doesn't have a middle name? That's possible. They, those people exist. Hmm. I don't know much about them, except for they don't have middle names. I will say that it's, a, it's an orchestral piece uh, with a basic or- orchestra with winds and brass. Uh, and I rec- highly recommend the fourth movement. That's out of four movements. Uh, the fourth movement is the best and most recognizable. You'll probably listen to the start and think, is, is this Jaws? Because it kind of sounds like Jaws at the beginning. But it was written in 1874, so it will... Uh, Predated Jaws. Definitely. By just like a little bit. I think literally 100 years. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I think Jaws came out in 1974. <laughs> Coincidence? Probably. <laughs> Ah, this New World Symphony will be perfect for my collection. Uh, because Steven Spielberg is actually uh, General Grievous from the prequels. In case oh, General know. Kenobi. <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, highly recommend it. It is one of the most approachable orchestral pieces out there because it's got really great melodies. Uh, so it's not an intimidating, like, what the fuck is going on here kind of piece. Can you spell to. Dvorak for me? Uh, D-V-O-R-A-K. <laughs> there are little symbols above the R and the umbres? A, I believe. Is that what they're called? They're called umbres? I think one's the little, like, uh, half circle, and then uh, I don't know what the other one is. I've never seen a symbol above an R. I don't speak Russian. So... <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> what are i would just now you just got me curious what are some other approachable orchestral symphonies uh anything by gershwin is pretty good because gershwin is a nice combination of jazz and modern musical theater that it's a lot of just those things but just the independent orchestral pieces by themselves are also very good very easy to listen to um and Johannes Brahms, any pieces by him are usually uh, ones that just are pleasing to the ear without having to actually keep track of what's going on. I know our listeners probably didn't think it, but we classy. <laughs> and we drink. <laughs> we drink classily. <laughs> Lots of old whiskeys with little ice, no mixers. I like ice in my whiskey. Like I said, very little ice. I like a big, so little, it doesn't I actually exist. like a big block of ice. Maybe more than necessary. 
I also really like an old fashioned, which is like half ice. The water really just brings out the whiskey. It, it, I, I believe that. I 100% agree with that. I well, think uh, watered down whiskey is how it's intended. Well, it's not how it's intended, but it's how I prefer it. Yeah. But we classy. We classy. Well, those are our recommendations. The Dresden Files, uh, Urban Fantasy, and an orchestral movement by Mr. Divergeon. <laughs> yeah, pretty close. Pretty close. What's the, what's the number of the symphony? Number four, because there's four out of four movements. Yeah. And what's, the, what's it also known as? Uh, Chris's wet dream. He was almost listening, guys. <laughs> New World Symphony. Damn. <laughs> uh, but that's it for us today. Uh, thanks for listening to Topher and the Nerd. Embrace the nerd.